Okay, guys, welcome back for another episode. Um, I'm sharing the stage here with Nicole, and we're answering your questions. So if you have any questions that you want to ask, by all means, come join our community and let us know what questions you want to answer. And if you want to join us on stage, you're more than welcome to do that. We'll make that happen. If you want to get onto the stage and ask the questions that you want to get answered, we will make that happen. But the best part, our best way of actually doing that right now at the moment is come join our community. And that's where everything's happening. So um, we discussed an awful lot in our last episode in relation to imposter syndrome. If you haven't caught that episode, it'd be worth going back over to that episode and listen to it again, because we went into an awful lot of detail on that one, which was really, really cool. What I want to go through, um, well, actually, Nicole has the question. So uh, I'm going to let it, hand it over to Nicole and find out, Nicole, what is that you want to go through today? Sure. Thanks, Paul. So one of your latest uh, podcast episodes, you talked about inspired thoughts. I was wondering when I was listening to that episode, are inspired thoughts sometimes just distractions that we should not entertain? Okay. How do you know when, how, how, how should we know when we should act upon these thoughts or when we shouldn't? Okay, cool. Now I'm going to ask you a question because when you think of them as being distractions, Give me an idea. What does that look like for you? So I could be working on something, uh, you know, a piece of work, maybe something I'm doing for a freelance client. And I get a random thought. Nothing really inspires it, I think, but it just comes into my mind. Um, It could be, you know, having to reminding myself to reach out to a friend on text or having to do another piece of work that I may have forgotten about or, it could be something completely um, new that I have not thought about before. And I guess that it's just been inspired, you know, spur of the moment thing. And I think it's a good idea to act upon it. And so I write it down or I make a note of it and then I try and come back to it later. Or I may get distracted and then I start working on that thing immediately, <laughs> even though I'm not supposed to because I was working on something else before. And so sometimes it does distract me. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on on what it is. But if it's something small, I find that it's more easily it's more easy to get distracted when it's something small and easy to do. When you know you're working on something hard and something easier that you also need to do comes up, you know it's easier to knock out the the small task and then go back to uh, what you were supposed to do. Perfect. You just described what inspired thoughts are. <laughs> <laughs> that's it (laughs) it is exactly that and and they come in two two different ways but exactly what you described are exactly what inspired thoughts are so think from the perspective of you're you're doing something and you're preoccupied in what it is that you're doing and then all of a sudden as you described it a talk comes into your mind that you should reach out to somebody that you hadn't spoken to in a while or you should or it's something that you um, one of the examples that you gave was um, something that you hadn't done yet, but you need to do because you need to go back to a client on or whatever it may be and so on. So all of those different things that you mentioned, all, those ex- all of those examples that you gave are all inspired thoughts. So do you ignore them? No, you don't. Do <laughs> no, absolutely don't. So there's two ways of doing it. One is, um, so are they distractions? Yes, they're distractions, but they're distractions in a good way. All right. So let me explain a couple of different things for you. One is, think from the perspective of your conscious mind. Now, please don't ask me. You can find this research online yourself and find out where, where it actually gets down to. 
but I'm just taking the research and, and passing on the research, if that makes sense. So please don't, ask, I have no idea how they measure this. But what they did measure was that the conscious mind processes only 50 bits of information per second. The unconscious mind, however, processes 11 million bits of information per second. So if our conscious mind only processes 50 little bits, like as 50, it's a really, really tiny number, 50 bits of information per second, but our unconscious can process 11 million bits per second, it'd be a good idea to follow our unconscious. So think from the perspective of, think of your unconscious as being now, I have a number of defini definitions for, for unconscious, for people to understand and experience what unconscious is. But look at it from the point of view of people would have had that gut feeling or that intuitive hit, or they're picking something up, but they, they, they can't put a finger on it in terms of they know something, but they don't know where it's going, the information is coming from. That primarily is your unconscious. It's your intuitive side of you trying to guide you. So when you're occupied with something else, like what you described earlier on, when you're, when you're occupied with something else, that's when the unconscious will communicate with you. And it's something different. It's something random. It's offbeat. It's kind of like, where on earth did that thought come from? But the vast majority of people dismiss it. But think of it from this perspective. If the unconscious is processing 11 million bits of information per second, it's taking in the collective information that it's receiving and trying to communicate to you in your best interest to guide you to do what it is that you need to do. So thinking from the perspective of if, again, that example of, okay, there's something I need to do for a client, I haven't done it yet, so therefore I need to do it. That's your unconscious communicating to you, say, Nicole, you need to do this because if you don't do it, here's what's going to happen. Okay, now it's going to, I'm going to explain in those terms, but that's exactly what actually happens because if you dismiss it, what you'll find is that what a lot of people do is they dismiss it, they ignore it, they don't do it, and then lo and behold, a couple of days later, they get a phone call from that client saying, where's the piece of, piece of work that I wanted? If they had listened to their unconscious and acted upon that in, in inspired thought, that, that intuitive hit, they would have preempted that call from the client, if that makes sense. All right. So that's where, the, yes, they can be perceived as being distractions, but they're distractions in a good way. What you want to do is you want to develop more of that communication with your unconscious. And when I talk about, you know, communicating or having been in equilibrium between your executive center, your unconscious and the superconscious, that's ultimately where you want to get to. Now, think of it from the perspective of if, let, let me explain it this way. If you are, say, I, I, I use this story a few times. Imagine you're going to a party and there's loads of people that you know at the party. And you walk into the room and there's loads of music and loads of people playing or loads of people there and there's, the, the music is playing loudly. And you walk into the room, but you see a friend that you want to talk to across the room. Okay. And you're there one side of the room and all these people is cram packed in, in the actual room itself. But you want to get to the other person, but you, you can't get to them, but you want to talk to them. But you can't hear them because literally the noise of all the people talking and dancing and playing in the in, in, in the room is so much that you 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 can't hear what they're saying and they can't hear what you're saying. For the vast majority of people, that's their life. There's so much in their mind, so much in their thoughts that they're not communicating with their unconscious. In order to communicate with your unconscious, 
we've got to turn the noise down. So look at it from the perspective of if we were to start to turn the music off and therefore now becomes quieter in the room, if we asked everybody in the room to just stay still and become mannequins in the room and literally just stay still and just not talk or not, not do anything, literally just stay where they are. Now we have a better chance of listening and communicating with our friend that's across the room. That friend across the room is your unconscious. The more you quieten everything down and get to stillness, that's where you will actually experience more of that communication with your unconscious. So that's part of when you talk from personal mastery, personal development, is you absolutely want to develop that communication with your unconscious. So then is there so then is there a better way to have you know the communi- the communication with your unconscious mind happen when you're not trying to focus on something else or is it because there's very little time when your mind is completely quiet and so that's when your mind your unconscious mind tries to communicate with you when you're focused on something on one thing rather than like 10 million things yeah, because, okay, so let, let me explain that one. It's the difference between if, okay, let me, let, me, let me explain it this way. If you were actively, consciously trying to find a solution to a problem, you're using all of your conscious mind trying to find that solution, okay? And something creative might come into your mind and say, okay, yeah, I, could, I could do X, Y, and Z as being a solution to that particular problem. But you, all you're doing is you're using your conscious mind trying to find the solution to that problem. However, if you distracted yourself on something else and you're doing a completely different activity and you then got a random thought or you perceive it as being a random thought, but it's actually an inspired thought into your mind, it would be like as if somebody taps you on the shoulder and say, hey, Nicole, what, if, what happens? What if you were to do this? Now, in those circumstances, you'd pay more attention because it is like, as when, when you were explaining different examples earlier on, when I asked you the question, you know, what's the distraction? What, 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 what do you mean by that? What you were describing was that you were consumed in doing some activity and it was like as if somebody came on behind you, tapped you on the shoulder and said, Nicole, you should make this phone call or Nicole, you should send this email or Nicole, you should do this or whatever it is that, 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 that the person, not the person, but your unconscious literally tapped you on the shoulder and said, this is what you got to do. In those circumstances, that interruption, that pattern interrupt is getting your attention more so for you to be aware, oh, this is an inspired thought. I need to take what I'm getting as information from this perspective when you understand where it's coming from. And therefore, now I've got to act upon the information I've been receiving. So your best port of call is when that happens is you write it down. And once you've got it written down, so therefore, do you stop what you're doing? Not necessarily stop what you're doing because you're, you're doing what it is that you want to do, but you make a note of that inspired thought. And therefore, when you finish what you're doing, then you get back to, okay, let me make this phone call or let me do what it is that I'm in, being inspired to do. So what do you say the best way when, one per, when a person gets an inspired thought while actually trying to do something else would be to you know write it down and then park it for after when they're you know done with the with the task that they were supposed to be doing yeah yeah a lot of things will happen okay so let me let me go a little bit deeper on this one or let, let me explain a few a few different things so yes in, in answer to your question in terms of yeah best thing to do is write it down 
and then you can get back to your task. That, that's absolutely fine. A lot of inspired thoughts come when people are out walking or they're out doing an activity. So therefore, they may not have access to, to be able to write it down. So that's where you've got to have an application on your phone. So therefore, you can open up your phone and make a note of it straight away. Okay. The other side of it is that a lot of people will get woken up in the middle of the night. And it typically happens between 3 a.m. in the morning and 4 a.m. in the morning. And they're getting woken up and they literally will receive a thought. Or, or, let me explain this way. They'll be woken up because of a thought. And it's a case of this thought comes into their mind and they perceive it as being random and they end up just going back to sleep. But here's the thing. They don't write it down. They don't write it down. <laughs> and that is an inspired thought. But because they perceive it being random or they say to themselves, oh, I remember that in the morning, but then they never do. Okay. The, the, how would I say the vibration between when you're asleep in that deep sleep. And that's why it happens in around between three or four in the morning, because at that time, typically it depends on the person when they go to bed and all kinds of things. But typically in that space is when they're at their deepest and therefore they are at a particular vibration and therefore it's not a lot easier for the unconscious to communicate them when they're at that vibration if that makes sense mm -hmm. so that's where that's why they wake up in the at that time in the middle of the night with that inspired thought but an awful lot of people just ignore it they say oh, i'll remember it in the morning and therefore they never write it down but what you want to absolutely do is write those ones down because those ones are magic now, if the more in tune that you get with inspired thoughts, you can get so much more information from an inspired thought. And so let me, um, I want to classify the difference between inspired thought and just a random thought. An inspired thought, the feeling that comes with it is joy, excitement, amazement, and it's from the perspective of, oh my God, that'd be really cool. It's that, it's that millisecond of reaction to the inspired thought. And they are absolutely the inspired thoughts you want to act upon. What happens for an awful lot of people is as soon as they get the inspired thought, now you can get, as I said, you can get more and more information from the inspired thought if you're more sensitive and more attuned to it. You can get, you know, timeframes and different things or different dimensions of, within the, with the inspired thought. But what happens for a lot of people is that immediately they get the inspired thought. Now they allow their conscious mind to kick in. And their conscious mind will bring up absolutely everything to counter that inspired thought. Because what the conscious mind will say is, why on earth would you do that for? So all their fears will start to come up. And therefore, they'll say, well, I'm not going to do that because I haven't been speaking to that individual for, for quite a while. Or I look at I've, I've too much work to do, so therefore I'm not going to do that task that I've got the inspired thought to do. So all those different thoughts start to come up in their mind. That's their conscious mind literally doing its work but you've got to ignore what it is so if, if fear is enough that it comes up for people that get an inspired thought that is so random and they know it's they would love to do it but therefore now they immediately kicks in from the perspective of oh my god i really don't really want to do that okay so it's, be, it's been understanding what's actually happening and therefore making sure that you you act upon those inspired thoughts does that make sense Yes. So, you know, while the conscious and the unconscious mind are debating each other, 
Yeah. That is what you want to avoid, correct, when you're doing focused work. So again, the best way would just be to write it down and then forget about it. Don't give the conscious mind a chance to debate. <laughs> yeah. Is, you, is that, that the goal? You, the, the conscious mind will always kick in. But mm-hmm. the more you, for want of a better word, ignore the conscious mind in some respects, you, you want to take it on board because you want to be more objective. But you you don't prevent the conscious mind from doing what the inspired thought is guiding you to do. Gotcha. So then should we always trust that we're unconscious mind in that case? Absolutely. Yeah. So for a lot of people, they get, they get the inspired thoughts. And so here's, here's where it's going to be linked in with intuition. Okay. Because ultimately what you want to do is to develop your intuition. Now people will talk better from the perspective of, they, they'll refer to as being, look, I have this gut feeling or I have this feeling that I should do X, Y, and Z or whatever I'm being so on, but their conscious mind is, is, is so much in their head um, and therefore they don't do what it is that their gut feeling is telling them to do, okay? So think of your intuition as being that gut feeling. Um, it's how the unconscious is communicating with you, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people will not act upon the inspired thoughts because they don't trust it. They don't say, well, okay, is that going to work? Oh, I don't know whether I should do that because, again, the fears are going to start to show up. So what you want to do is you want to develop and build that trust between you and your unconscious. So what you want to look at then is, okay, so how can you build a trust? Think of, try small little things that you're getting those intuitive flashes or those inspired thoughts and try small things and then act upon those small things and seeing what's happened, see, see what the result of doing those actions based on the inspired thoughts. And that's how you can start to build the trust. The more you develop your intuition, what I mean developing your intuition is the more you become sensitive to how your unconscious communicates with you, the more then you'll understand and know, no, this is a communication from my unconscious as opposed to a thought from the conscious mind. Now that makes it an awful lot easier to trust what it is that you're getting and you act upon that. Let me put it this way. If you were to ask me from, okay, from my perspective, from an intuitive perspective, um, I will always act on my inspired thoughts, always act upon my intuition. Anytime that I go against it, there are a few times that I've gone against it for a lot of different reasons, okay? But <laughs> anytime that I've gone against it, it has always been to my detriment. So I've had to learn over the years that always trust your, your intuition. Always, absolutely, never. I, I never doubted it at this stage. And is that linked to trusting yourself? Which would then be kind of related to self-worth, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. But if we were to trust ourselves, um, we probably wouldn't do enough lot. So, so what I mean by that is that um, what typically happens for, for a lot of people is fear would kick in. So let, let me give an example. I, I shared this example. I think I shared this example on one of the podcast episodes. So when COVID hit back in the early part of last year, 2020, I woke up one morning and got this inspired thought from the perspective of, Paul, you've got to do webinars. And I said, I don't want to do webinars. So I don't like doing webinars. I don't enjoy doing webinars. Don't even have the functionality to do a webinar. I don't even have the platform. I have no idea how to do a webinar. I've never done a webinar before. But the inspired talk was, Paul, you got to do webinars. And 
because of the information that I got with it, I had to do the webinar very, very quickly. And But I knew what the webinar was about as well. Now, if I allowed my conscious mind to take over, my conscious mind, because it, did, it was this interplay that was going on, is where trust comes into play and where you're saying trust in yourself, your conscious mind will literally try and hold you back from doing what it is that's going to be fearful or what it perceives as being fearful. So let me explain that. I didn't have a platform for doing webinars. I didn't know how to do platform. I didn't know how to do webinars. I didn't want to do webinars. I just had no desire to do webinars. But the inspired thought was telling me, no, Paul, you got to do webinars. I had to act upon that inspired thought. Literally within 24 hours, the communication went out to my database to say, I'm doing a webinar tomorrow. Do you want to join the webinar? And it's all about how to handle fear and anxiety in the moment that we're having right now at the moment, which was we were just being instructed in relation to COVID. We were just being instructed to shut down from a, a countrywide perspective. I knew the impact it was going to have from business owners because that's the vast majority of people I work with. So therefore, I knew from knowing the, um, how would I say, knowing the impact that the recession had on business owners, I knew people were going to be lost from that perspective in terms of what they were going to be feeling. So I went out, literally the webinar was done within 24 hours. If I had listened to myself or my conscious mind, I wouldn't have done it. But I had to follow my intuition. I had to follow that inspired thought. That webinar, and I did a series of webinars, I did a weekly webinar for seven weeks in order to help and support the business owners at that time through that initial phase of, look, we can get through this. So don't worry about it. So for one of it, there was a, there was a reason why I was being guided to do those webinars. Those webinars turned into my podcast. That podcast has now turned into the video podcast that we're now literally doing. So if you were to look back, it's very easy in hindsight to look back over all the different breadcrumbs that were there in order to get you to do what it is that you're to do. If I had not done it and not acted upon that inspired thought, would it be delayed? Yeah, it would have been delayed. Would it have come across, come up again? Yeah, it would have come up again, but I wouldn't have, achieved, I wouldn't have got the traction of what I've now got if I didn't act upon that inspired thought. But that's how our conscious mind will fight against us or fight against those inspired thoughts, basically to keep us safe. Does that make sense? I should have been clearer. So um, when I said you, I guess you, you mean uh, conscious mind, correct? Yeah. yeah. So in the unconscious mind, do you consider that the unconscious part of you or, I mean, it is part of you, correct? The unconscious is part of you. Right, right. So yeah, so when I said you, I, I wasn't clear. I should have been clearer. No, but, yeah, my interpretation of you, <laughs> you meaning your conscious part. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> that, that you will, 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 will keep you safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. Cool. Is any other questions on, on that one? Um, not from my end. Cool. Everything. Okay. Excellent. All right. So we've covered inspired thoughts. And so that's it for, for this particular episode. If you want to find out more, make sure that you subscribe to our channels. Um, and if you want to ask more questions, you want to find out more about how do we actually work more with our unconscious and so on, by all means, come over to our community. And that's where we'll be um, curating all those questions 
and deliver them on, on the future episodes, uh, future podcasts and future uh, video episodes and so on. So by all means, come join our community. How do you find our community? You go to www.paulwilliamdavis.com and you'll find a link to our community there. Um, and you'd be more than welcome into our community. It's literally, it's a community of business owners that are driven for the purpose. They want to reach their full potential and they want to build a business in line with their purpose. So come on over, join our community. And um, there's loads of different things happening over the next number of weeks. Um, and there's loads of different conversations that were taking place. So by all means, you'd be very, very welcome. But until the next time, I wish you every success.